Good morning, everybody. You can see on your uh, in your bulletin that uh, I have a, a detailed outline for you to follow along, and uh, um, so use it liberally. Um, I'm hoping the Lord will speak to you. Um, I did put in there uh, that we we're going to we're going to I'm going to teach today from Romans 6 1 through 15 but that would take you know a couple of months so uh, I'm not going to read that but I am going to read verses 1 through 4 so if you'd stand with me um, I'll read those verses Romans 6 starting at verse 1 What shall we say then Are we to continue in sin that grace might increase? May it never be. How shall we who have died uh, to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death in order that as Christ was raised from the dead through uh, through the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. You may be seated. I'd like to give you a little bit of background rather than jump right into Romans 6 and give you some context of, of, uh, of where Paul was going in this discussion. But... uh, in, uh, in chapters 3 and 4, and I, I've got a few things just written down. You're going to have to bear with me as I, as I work through this, this beginning part, okay? And, uh, but then we'll move into chapter 6 very quickly. But uh, um, in chapters 3 and 4, Paul establishes that salvation comes on the basis of God's grace only. And that is through our faith in Jesus Christ. And there's nothing that we can do to earn it. Even following God's law is not going to get us there. And the Jews tried that and uh, it didn't work. Um, And in chapter 5, Paul talks about this salvation that we receive. Okay, how it's maintained. And that's, that's the... The, the gist of, of five is how do we maintain that? And he was discussing with the Jews. Um, says, you know, and, and their question to him, and they were trying to maybe, I don't know if these were believers. It, in chapter six, I, I believe he's talking to believers. Okay? But in five, he says, Paul speaks, how is salvation to be maintained? If a person is saved by faith in Jesus apart from any good works, does that mean that he can live any way he pleases? because of his right position with the Lord? Because his his salvation is eternally secure, uh, their their thought was, well, uh, maybe I can just live however. I mean, I'm I'm in. Or the other thing is, the other option is, uh, or is our salvation preserved by continuing to do good works? And... Both of these options, they seem like you you must pick one or the other. And and to these two questions, Paul says, 
No and no. Not by, not by either one of those ways. Um, for if you could continue to maintain and, and secure your salvation by, by leading a good life, then there was something that you must do to get in. And uh, Paul explained that in, in chapters 3 and 4, that what you do to get in to the kingdom of heaven okay, is you accept the free gift. Okay, the free gift that Jesus died for your sins. And we'll talk a little bit more about, about the gospel, but I guess we must recognize that uh, if we need a Savior, we must, be, we must have been sinners. And, uh, and uh, to receive that free gift, we're, there's going to have to be, in the, in the receiving of this, it kind of goes along with, and I'm going to take you to uh, Acts in, in a little, little, little further here, but there has something to do with repentance and turning away from something that you were before. And, uh, and so, here's the, the, the issue that, that Paul's dealing with in 5, is that uh, our uh, eternal salvation is not a function of, of, uh, of something about ourselves. We have to trust that the Lord will do it. And, and uh, interesting, if, as you read, Five and six and seven. Um, what you you discover is is the great power uh, of the Holy Spirit uh, to help us do that. And 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 I'll talk about that uh, a little further. Um, in six, though, in chapter six, Paul moves on to another uh, another uh, part of the teaching on salvation. Okay, and what chapter six is about is the practical effects how our life looks after we have been saved. And uh, my, uh, my point for today's sermon, my main point, if you want to jot this down, since my, uh, my notes are not that detailed, um, is that uh, there's an inseparable connection between justification that means just as if you hadn't sinned, coming to the Lord, there's an inseparable connection between justification and sanctification. Those are kind of big words. Okay, I'm not sure new believers understand that, but we're, we're going to talk about that. Um, and this sanctification is how, how we're leading our lives after we come to the Lord. And if you look at the, the topic... You know, uh, I'm looking for the red spots. Uh, Brian was asking me, I wonder where you're, you're going with this. I'm looking for the red spots. But uh, maybe you'll, you'll see as we go forward. Um, and uh, I'm going to take you back to verse 1 in, in uh, Romans 6. It says, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace might increase. Now, the word continue here um, is, not a, is not a word uh, meaning that if we, we stumbled sometime. You know, for example, as, as believers, we don't live perfect lives. And if you're living with a believer, and you have believers as children, uh, you realize that not everybody's perfect. And if you're examining your own life, you realize that maybe you're not either. And, uh, 
but we do stumble, and, and uh, John talks about that, and in 1 John 1, 1.9, he says, you know, if you sin, you, you confess your sin. You just go right back to the Lord and you confess your sin. So John realizes that we're going to stumble, but this word here, continue, if you continue, it, it's, a, it's a word that in the Greek that means if you, are, if you habitually, continually sin, and you're leading a life of sin, um, that, uh, that is not consistent with, uh, with being born again. And, you know, Paul addresses this in the, in the very next verse when he says, you know, he says, may it never be, and there's an exclamation point, point there in, in our text, okay? And that, but Paul couldn't say it any more emphatically than that is, that is totally absurd that you would be born again and then lead a life of sin. Um, just that's, that's absolute foolishness. There's, there, it's not consistent. It's not consistent in, with any of Scripture from the beginning to the end. It's not consistent. And, uh, and what I'm going to talk about today and, and, and bring you to the Scriptures on is how if we are born again, shouldn't there be some change? Shouldn't there be a change in our lives? I mean, shouldn't we notice that and be different from before? And, uh, and maybe stated another way, uh, can we truly be, be saved and then lead a life where we're sinning, living in the world? And Paul would say to that, uh, the answer to that is, no, you're not saved. That's, that's not what a saved person does. And uh, so... I'll give you a couple verses and you can write these down and then you can look them up later today. Um, in 2 Corinthians 6.14, Paul says, he talks about what fellowship does, does light have with darkness. Consider that. You know, and, and I love uh, the use of light and darkness because when light comes into the room, the darkness flees. And, and he uses the, this symbolism, but in real life we understand that. You turn the light on and darkness is gone. And, uh, and in Romans thirteen twelve, he says, Let us lay aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. And as we go through some of these verses today and we talk a little bit, um, I, I hope you'll see that this new life that we're leading, um, is, it's the Lord, uh, he commands it. He, you know, he, it's... It's, it has to happen, okay? And, and not necessarily of our, of our will, but he will help us do it. And uh, so I'd like you to maybe, if you would, fl- flip in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. And go to verse 5. And here in this passage, the Lord tells us, what the old life, what the old self, and if you're like me, if you've come to the Lord later in your life, um, like I have, I was probably 34 when I came to know the Lord, and uh, it was a year and a half ago, and here I am, <laughs> preaching. No, um, no I, I think that the Lord must have a sense of humor, um, 
because I was just living down the street, uh, had no, didn't really want to come to this church, but I thought it might be a good idea if my kids came because they, they needed it. Okay. And, uh, and, and uh, I'm kind of a slow learner, you know, so I had to hear the gospel from Pastor Ed maybe 10 or 12 or 15 or 20 times before I finally realized that I was the one who needed to be here. Okay? Now, truly, my kids have benefited, but boy, did I need it. Okay? And, uh, but in Colossians 3.5, okay, here was the old self. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead uh, to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. I wonder how Paul knew all about me from before. It says, For on this account of those things, the wrath of God will come, and in them you also once walked when you were living in them. Yes, I did. But now you also, you also put them all aside, anger, wrath, malice, slander, abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices, but have put on the new self who is being renewed to a knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Man, um, he says, don't do this. The Lord says, don't put away these things. It's interesting in the Bible, when you find a place where it says, don't do this, the Lord gives us a command not to do something. He always tells us what to do. Don't be drunk with wine, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. Right. So when he says no to one thing, he, he points us in the right direction, and here he does that as well. Now, if you're born again, we're going to have a result of a new life. We should. Um, if you've repented of your sins and you've turned, and that's what we mean by repent, and you've turned to, the, to God, okay, um, then you should be heading in a different direction. There should be some result. I think there should be a result of that. And, um, and it should lead, it says, and it leads, if you, if you look there, I think in, in Romans I think it's 6.16, a few verses down from my, my thing. It, it, it leads to righteousness, not to a sinful life, not continuing in sin. Now, what does the changed life look like? Now, again, like I said, if, you, if you've been an adult and you've come to the Lord, you know what the old life is like. But what does the new life look like if you're looking for it? Well, Go, to, go down a few verses in Colossians 3 to, to, uh, to verse 12. Here's what it looks like. It says, And so, those of you who have been chosen of God, okay, don't ask me to explain that. It's just what it says. It says, You were chosen of God. We could be here forever. Okay? Um, I just believe it. I'm, it's written right here, I believe it. Okay? Holy and beloved. Put on, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. That is not me. Matter of fact, I used to be very proud of the fact 
that I was impatient. Because in my old self, I thought that the patient people got very little done in life. Very little. But if you were impatient and you were the squeaky wheel, okay, boy, look at all I could get done because I am impatient. I thought that was a virtue. I really did. Now, but it's interesting. Um, put on a heart of compassion, kindness. It's not seeping out of my pores. Humility, gentleness, and patience. Emily's laughing because she works with me. Okay. I'm still in the process of sanctification. The Lord is going to finish His work. It may take a long time. Okay. Um, But I'm going to be patient for that. Um, Now, that's what it looks like. So Paul tells us this. But isn't it great that the Bible also gives us a motion picture of what it looks like. So he tells us, and then if you're reading your Bible, if you're doing this, if you're feeding yourself, you know, if the only time, I'll just put this little side note in, if the only time that you're getting fed is when you come to church and listen to Pastor Mike, you are starving to death spiritually. We, you know, why do they call this the bread of life, you know? The Lord Jesus and His Word. Because we, we should be taking it in more than once a day. If I only got one meal I'd be, a day, I'd be in big trouble. And if I only got one a week, I wouldn't be here next week probably. I mean, it would be tough. But as being sanctified and as mature believers, we should be feeding ourselves. Don't you agree? We should learn how to feed ourselves. And... Uh, and so, that means reading your Bible, by the way, part of it, okay? Or listening to the radio. But it says, uh, he tells us, okay, what it, what it looks like. Here are some examples from the Bible of what a changed life looks like. When, when you've been born again, okay, and... Consider this as we go through these examples. Some of these people didn't know a whole lot about theology. So maybe this is being taught by the Spirit. But let's consider the thief on the cross for a second. Now, if we go to if we go to Acts chapter 2, verse 36 through 38, we're going to get a good example of what the gospel is. Let's just go there real quick. Acts. 2.36. And this is where people, or, or Peter is talking to um, the 3,000. And he's, this is, I guess this may be his first sermon. Maybe he was more nervous than I was. I'm up here. Okay? It says, And therefore... Let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, Jesus whom you crucified. Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. They were convicted by the Word and the Spirit. You see, this 
kind of like this passage because it takes me off the hook. I am not responsible for convicting you. It's the Word and the Spirit. Now, I guess I should be faithful to give it to you, but um, this, is, this is the Lord's job. And it says, uh, And they were pierced to the heart and, and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said to them, Repent and let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for forgiveness of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So this accepting the gift has something to do, Peter said, with repenting of your sins. Agreed? Now, the thief on the cross brings up a great example. Did, did he turn and change his ways? Did he turn? He, well, for sure he didn't have time to do both things. Okay, He didn't have time to repent and be baptized, right? So, here's the lesson we learned from the thief on the cross. If you only have time to do one, I would give up the baptism part, and I would repent. Now, I think, and I would turn. And you know, there is, uh, the thief on the cross was fantastic. He repented, and he, and he said to the, to the other thief, he admitted his sin, he says, we both deserve to be up here. We're both scoundrels. We deserve, but this man has done nothing. He's done nothing. And then, he confesses Jesus and he asks him, he says, remember me in your kingdom. And the Lord says, you are in. Today, you're in. Praise the Lord, huh? Was, he saved? was that guy saved? He was saved. Okay. Now, he, I say he turned. He turned right there. It's interesting. He saw the truth. He saw the truth and he grabbed it. As best he could, he went for it. Right there. Now, how about, how about the prodigal son? Did the prodigal son turn? You know, he realized that he should be living in the father's house. And not in the pig pen. And he realized he had really, really screwed up. And so he turned and he left. And he confessed to his father. And his father welcomed him. He, he changed. Now, do you think the son, that younger son, his life was different when he came back to the father's house? What, what do you think? I think, it was, I think it was different. How about Onesimus? You know, Pastor Mike's been preaching on, on uh, Philemon. Did, One, did Onesimus change after he heard the word from Paul and mixed with the Spirit working on his life? Did he change? He most certainly did. And not only did he change, he turned and he went back to Philemon. That's, there was pretty good evidence. I mean, um, how about the Roman jailer? The Roman jailer, Paul and Silas, he, one night he was keeping them in chains. He, the earthquake comes. The chains are broken. He sees, I don't know, maybe Paul was ministering, he and Silas were ministering through through their songs the whole night. But he sees the truth and he goes for it. 
goes for it. Now, what is the evidence that he changed? What did he do? Immediately upon coming to the Lord, what did he do? He washed their wounds, right? And then he insisted that they come to his house, right? Now, what did the jailer know about sanctification? He, did he know anything? He, he didn't know about that. I think this is being taught by the Spirit. In other words, as, as he was convicted, as he came to know the Lord, he changed. And he, he cleaned their wounds and he invited to their house and he insisted that they come. Um, and maybe my favorite character of all in the Bible, do you, I don't know if you have a favorite character, my, my favorite is the woman at the well. The woman at the well. She meets the Lord. She sees the truth. Now, I'm not sure exactly all she understood, but it gives me great hope, you know, when, when you come to know the Lord, do you understand all about the Bible and all? No. You see the truth and you go for it. I mean... When I came to know the Lord, I was sitting right over here. We had pews back then. Maybe I've told this before. And, and, uh, but kind of a special time for me, so I'll bore you with it. But I, I had a pew Bible, and Mark Holbrook was teaching a Sunday school class. And he was talking about um, evolution, and, and he was explaining a few things. And he, he was saying, you know, uh, the world teaches... The world teaches that things get better going forward. But it's not so. He says, what about the law of entropy? He says, in fact, he says, if you park your car at the beach and you just leave it there for a couple of years, what happens to your car? It turns into a rust ball, right? Just He says, things don't get better you leave them alone they get worse and i don't know i all of a sudden it just came to me i mean things that i thought that we got better people got better people were smarter today than they were before all of a sudden the holy spirit i'm holding on to a pew bible i didn't even have a bible i'm holding on to a pew bible i went oh my gosh all of this is true it's all true i thought it was a collection of interesting stories I did, but they were good stories, you know, and there were some wars. That was kind of cool, okay? <laughs> Guys got their heads chopped. I like that stuff, okay? Um, but I realized this was, this was all true. Well, as soon as I, I'm holding on to the pew, but as soon as I realized it's all true, the very next question I had to ask myself is, okay, are you going for this or are you not? I mean, it's very nick. If you see the truth, are you going for it or are you going to lay it down and walk away and just do what you were always did? I said, I'm going with this. I'm going with the truth. Now, did I didn't understand about anything else. I didn't understand. You'd be surprised what I didn't understand. But I saw the truth and I'm and I'm going for it. Now, let me tell you what a new life doesn't look like. 
because the Bible has a motion picture of that too. The, the new life in Christ doesn't look like the rich young ruler. Remember the rich young ruler? And he was not, I mean, I've got the impression the rich young ruler was not a bad guy. He was a pretty nice guy. I bet you he dressed nicely. Okay? And he followed the rules pretty good. He even said, I haven't broken any of these commandments. Now, now if you study that passage, you realize that the Lord only told him the passages that kind of dealt with people. He didn't include all the commandments, the first three, especially about the Lord. And the rich young ruler, when he told him, and it's funny, my, my uncle only knows one scripture in, 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 you know, in the Bible. When I was trying to explain the gospel to him, he said, yeah, Pete, but when you become a Christian, what you have to do is you, you know, you're supposed to, the Bible says you have to sell all your stuff, give it to the poor, and then, he says, interesting that you latched on to that. I said, it is true. I said, you know, the Lord was talking to this guy's particular problem. And I said, it may be your problem too. But he was kind of attached to his stuff. So the Lord said, well, get rid of your stuff and then you can come follow me. And what, what happened to the rich young ruler? He, he left and he went away sad, right? Did he change? The guy didn't change. There was no change. Now, he wasn't a bad guy. He wasn't getting locked up. But he also wasn't going to heaven. See, J. Vernon McGee puts it like this, and that, you know, I'm not big on reading, so I listen to the radio a lot. But uh, uh, he says there's only two types of people. The saints and the ain'ts. That's it. That's the, the only two types. And so, you know, I think it's, it's, it's really cool because, you know, before I thought there was, all, there was many ways to nirvana. Right? I mean, you talk to some people and say, no, no, no you, it's cool that you do this Christian thing, but, you know, I do this other thing where we, you know, we go up to the mountaintop and, and we get in a trance and, what? Well, hello, there's only two ways. You're either, you're either in bondage, a slave to sin that leads unto death, right in the beginning of Romans chapter 6. You're either a slave unto sin, or you are a slave to God unto righteousness. Makes it kind of simple. You get to pick one of those two. Now, so it doesn't look like the rich young ruler. It doesn't look like the other thief on the cross. He didn't change. It doesn't look like the older brother, okay, to the prodigal son. doesn't look like him. His, he didn't have a changed heart. He was still bitter. Sister, he was doing his work thing. He was bitter. And for sure, it doesn't look like Judas. I mean, there he was with the light. Okay, now... So, I'm on, I don't want to leave you before we get to the red spots. Okay, because you're thinking, Pete, I don't know what this has to do with red spots, but uh, what it has to do with it is, is this. Let's assume for a second that a couple of us, three or four of us, were, were, were going to go on a fishing trip. And each one of us had certain responsibilities that we had to bring certain things, right? And then we're going for maybe three, four, five days on this fishing trip. Well, 
You call me, though, a couple of hours before the trip, and you say, Pete, cannot, I cannot come. I am sick. I mean, I, I'm really sick. I said, you are. I said, what, what's up? I said, well, you say, well, I've got the measles. Now, do you kids know what measles are? Have you sort of? You've heard of them, right? Okay, now, my wife, who's a nurse, says we're kind of over that right now, but it works good in, as an example, okay? But you say you've got the measles, and I go, well, no, I, I don't think you have the measles. Maybe you have like a cold, a bad cold, but you'll get over it. Bring your stuff and come on. We're, we're going to go. And you say, no, 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 no. I don't want to go because I could infect all you guys with the measles. Well, I'm not convinced, but we leave without you. And um, now when we come back from the trip, now you re- remember on the trip you were supposed to bring some stuff. You were probably in charge of the butter and the milk and I had to make pancakes without either one of those. Okay, so I'm, I'm not happy. But when we get back, when we get back, what do you think I'm going to be looking for when we meet? The red spots. I'm looking for the red spots. See, I don't know much about the biology of measles. I really don't. But I do know this. If you've got the measles, you've got red spots. Right? Now, if you've been, if you've been infected by the Holy Spirit, if you've been born again, there is this kind of a strong connection between being born again and the sanctification that happens afterwards. This righteousness unto good works. And if you've been infected, maybe you could do this when you go home. Why don't you, why don't you write down on a piece of paper, this is your homework, I used to be a teacher. I'm not going to check it. But you could show it to somebody. Show it to the person that you're accountable to. See, in this church, see, some people don't want to come to this church because there's accountability. We're not huge on it. We, should, we could do better, okay? But you should be in a small group. You should, you should be accountable. It's, it's, it's biblical. You should be accountable to somebody. And so go home and make a list and put down on your list, what is the evidence that I'm infected? That I'm infected with the Holy Spirit, that I've been born again. Just make a list of the spots. And then, sh- and then show it to the person that you hold each other accountable to. Now, your list, your list may look like this. It may, it may kind of go something like this. As a new believer or as a believer, I have a desire for the milk of the Word. I just, I just can't get enough. You know, as a newborn babe, you have a, a, babe, a, a child does not have to be taught to have a desire for his mother's milk. Just kind of natural. Okay? When we're born again, we have a desire for the milk of the Word. And as a believer... 
I want others to know about Jesus. Isn't it funny, the woman at the well, she didn't know a whole lot about theology. What is the first thing she does? Yeah, she goes back into the town. She's, she's of the lowest rung in society. That's why she was going to the well when it was the hottest because nobody else was there. Okay? She comes to know the Lord. She finds the truth. Boom, she goes back. She is so bold. I, may, I think that's why she's my favorite character in the Bible. She didn't let any of that bother her. How about this? If you're a believer, you realize you have a gift from God. And you're going to use that gift. Now, maybe something you already were able to do before you came to the Lord. But now you're going to use it for the benefit of the body. Look around. We have people in this body that do that. Okay? Jim Brancucci, he, he loves to cook. What, he's out there cooking for a wedding. He's cooking one. He just, that's his gift. I praise the Lord when I see him using his gift for the body. And I could go on, okay, about the women who do work in our child care, okay? Uh, people are using their gift. How about this? When I sin as a believer, when I sin, and we do sin, okay, I confess my sin and I turn back to the Lord. I rush back to him. I don't go do what Judas did, which is hang myself on a tree, okay? How about this? As a believer, I am more sensitive. I'm more sensitive to sin than I ever was before. I'm much more sensitive. Before, I didn't think anything, anything about, you know, pornography, pff, no problem, you know. Uh, now, before I came to be a believer, there, there wasn't the internet. But, I'm going to tell you, we should not be abiding with that. We are to keep ourselves pure and holy unto the Lord. He calls us to righteousness. Shouldn't, it should never be. One of my friends I was talking to about, about, about just biblical things, and he said, you know, I have a problem. You know what one of the problems I have is about salvation? I said, well... No, maybe you'll tell me. He said, well, you know, I don't, I don't think it's very good that some guy could lead his life, could, be, could lead a brutal life, a terrible life, and then at the very end, confess the Lord and go to heaven. I just, what's up with that? He goes, what is up with that? Here, you and I, he says, you and I, we're upstanding citizens in the community, doing our good thing, you know, we are doing these good, leading this good life, and we have to do it all along, and then we finally get in. What's so, what's up with that? I said to him, you know, the longer I'm a Christian, the more shamed I am of my sin that I had before. And I am so thankful that the Lord is just going to let me in. Right? I mean, I'm, I am so thankful that I'm not worried about who else He lets in. It's His heaven. 
It's his program. Let them. I hope they all get in. I hope they all come to the Lord. Do I feel bad about the thief on the cross? Not for one second. Praise the Lord. Amen? Yeah. How about this? Before I was a believer, I would be a little upset about guys like Matthew Holbrook. It would bother me that he's younger than I am, that he's smarter than I am, okay? that he has so many gifts, that he can do so m- I don't know where he gets all of his energy to do his thing. And I would be looking for every opportunity to put him down and to build myself up. Now, I wouldn't do it blatantly because I wouldn't want you to think I was doing that. But I would be, I'd be looking to somehow, I mean, like, how can he be so smart? Now, as a believer, it's funny, you know, that, that old self kind of go, comes back sometimes, you know. Uh, but now, as a believer, you know what? I am so thankful that the Lord placed him in this body to minister to us and for him to use his gifts for our benefit. Isn't that, isn't that cool? And so as a believer, you, are, you rejoice at other people's gifts. Before, I was jealous of other people's gifts. I didn't even know they were gifts. I was just jealous. Okay. Well... Here's how it works. You're born again. The result is a changed life. And a changed life results in works unto righteousness. It's not the other way around. You don't do the works. Okay? And so, I would challenge you as you go home, I would challenge you to look. See, I did this for myself. I looked for the red spots. I'm looking for the red spots. I want to make sure that I'm in. And I want to make sure I'm infected. And if my life is the same as it was before, then guess what Paul says? Paul says, you know, if you came back, if you came back and you had no, you know, from the fi- we came back from the fishing trip and you had no red spots, you know what I'd say? You didn't have the measles. You weren't infected. Oh, maybe you realized you weren't infected. So what you did was you took a marker. Ah, that's what I'll do. I'll take a marker. And, and I'll just put dots on myself. He, they'll never know. They'll never know. I'll just put some few dots. And I'm not going to put them all over because I'll wear a long sleeve shirt. I'll just put some on the outside, a few over here. Okay? And maybe, it's funny, I didn't, I didn't do this in the first service, but... You're not in a hurry to go, are you? It's, we don't have another service. We're here for, like, like, I, like I used to tell the kids uh, when I was teaching high school, I said, you know, uh, I don't have to be home for dinner. We could be here forever. They thought I was serious. Uh, and I was. <clears throat> here's, here's another list. Tell me what you think of this list. This list may look like 
You put the spots on yourself. Okay, and I, I didn't do this in the first service, but... So we'll... We may, I don't know. Here it goes. Uh, I'm infected because I go to church on Sundays fairly regularly. Um, I, I'm, I'm a believer because as head of household... Uh, I make sure that my kids attend church and Sunday school. Uh, I'm a believer because I was baptized um, at youth camp 22 years ago. Hey, uh, I'm a believer uh, because I've given to the Growing with Grace campaign at Grace Church. Proof. Uh, And I tithe when I have enough money. That's supposed to be a joke. <laughs> Do we, probably maybe we should give a sermon on tithing, okay? That was, that was a joke. Let me read that one again. Uh, how about this? Uh, I'm a believer because my children attend VBS. Uh, I'm a believer because I went on a church camp out. Um, uh, I'm a believer because this is a good one, and this is a strong one. You've got to go with me on this one. Okay? I'm a believer because uh, I abstain from drinking uh, wine or beer uh, when I'm with other people from church. Uh, and you know, it's the whole weaker brother thing. All right. Now, I would hope. I would hope that we're not putting on the red spots ourselves. Okay? And, and if, if, you are, if you are tired, sick and tired of, of, of living a life, because the, the Bible says either, either you're a slave to sin or you're a slave to the Lord. If, if, if you're sick and tired of being a slave to sin and you want the truth, you see the truth and you want the truth, you may not understand all this. You can have it. And the Lord says, you know, today is the day to know the Lord. And you can receive the Lord today. If you'd like, you can come up right now. I'm going to pray with you. We're going to bow our heads. And uh, if you'd like to receive the Lord and have Him as your Savior, know that you're going to heaven for sure. You're gonna, you'll be there in eternity and the Lord will not lose one that the Father's given Him. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's pray. Come forward if you, if, if you want to receive the Lord. Just come right up. I'm going to pray. Dear Lord, I just pray that uh, if there's somebody here today that uh, sees the truth and sees you, Lord, and, and uh, the blessings that you have for them, and, and uh, not only with a life that uh, bears fruit unto righteousness, uh, I praise you for that, and I praise you for the power that you give us to live that out uh, through your Spirit, um, but also for uh, being with you eternally. Uh, Lord, that's uh, much better than the, uh, the other eternal consequence. And I, I praise you for that, Lord. And, and uh, I thank you for your word that we can learn from it, and you've taught us. And, um, and uh, I just ask you to bless this body. Uh, I pray that... that uh, they will uh, they'll feed themselves this week uh, going forward, and, and I just thank you in Jesus' name, amen.